Welcome to the MI Market News Podcast. I'm Greg Quinn in Ottawa. With me is Tony Stilo, Canada Director at Oxford Economics. He's also a former forecasting manager at Ontario's Finance Ministry. Tony, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, let's start with, I guess, what I'd call the juicy question. Everyone, it seems, uh, everyone uh, but the Bank of Canada wants lower interest rates. Uh, when do you think we're going to get them? Well, I think they are going to happen this year. Uh, I think the bank is going to hold at 5% through to June. You know, you never know the precise timing. You know, the, the governor even said, you can't be that precise. Well, in my business, we, we, we're being precise. Um, it could be a month or so earlier or later, but we think June, and then they'll start to gradually ease rates. They had the rate decision yesterday, and the format changed a little. They kind of handed out the governor's statement alongside the rate decision. So there was more commentary released at the time. And there was a lot of focus on his language around sticky core inflation and uh, some nudge towards saying maybe interest rates are high enough. Was there a major shift to you or any important shifts in, in the precise language they used to talk about what, what they're going to do this year? That was a shift, but I think the uh, undercurrent is the same. He left the door open to interest rates, although maybe it's not as wide open as it was before. But I think that they um, uh, they have kind of started the shift towards we know uh, the interest rates have been restrictive and slowing the economy, relieving price pressures. And we think that um, uh, we may have done enough. And so I think there was a shift. The bank is focused a lot on core inflation or trend inflation. We've seen it running around maybe three and a half percent, which is which is outside the bank's one to three percent target band and certainly above its its official target of two percent. Is there a kind of core inflation rate you think that would be acceptable for them to allow the shift to a rate cut? I think there is. I think they're looking for something uh, probably uh, well below three within their target range. So something we were looking for something in the two and a half percent range when they'll they'll start cutting. Um, so below three. Uh, and we think we'll have ample evidence of that disinflationary trend by mid-year. It'll probably be closer to three by then, but by the end of the year in that two and a half range. And, and I think that's what they're looking for. But there is stickiness. You're right on core. And the key one, if you look at December's inflation rate, headline year over year was 3.4%. If you exclude uh, shelter, it was 2.4%. So there's a big wedge in there and the bank has apprehensions about that shelter infl inflation for sure. I believe your forecast has uh, Canada perhaps seeing a, a mild recession this year. And, and at the same time, you know, the bank's forecast is inflation doesn't get to its 2% target until 2025. I think you have it maybe towards the end of the year. You know, normally you would think if the economy has stalled out or a little better or a little worse, inflation would be coming down pretty rapidly. You mentioned housing. Are there other things that are keeping inflation above target for so long? Well, there are. I mean, we are in a, uh, the wake of the pandemic and we're still getting the reverberations from that. You think of the supply disruptions, which are largely cleared, but not entirely cleared. Now we have the Red Sea attacks that are pushing up shipping costs, and that's a, 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 an outside risk for higher inflation. But on the other hand, and uh, it, it isn't just shelter, but you think about wage costs. Wage, wages are still growing well above that sort of um, sweet spot, closer to, you know, you think about what they like wages to be. Inflation plus the productivity, so in the 3% range. Well, they're in the 4 to 5% range. So they, they like to see that come down. 
Businesses, even according to the Business Outlook survey by the Bank of Canada, are still more rapidly adjusting prices. And when that simple model suggests that they tend to boost prices more, uh, more so when they're in that uh, sort of dynamic. And so we're looking for a variety of those measures that are the sort of the underlying pressures on prices on top of the shelter, which we talked about, which we can get into that a little more, but we know we have a, a structural shortage of supply, strong underlying demand, and it's going to take time for the supply side to catch up. So it's kind of a, a rock and a hard place on, on the housing side. So there's a number of pressures. Housing is just one of them. I mean, housing has been a, a major focus for Canadians struggling to get into the market. It's been a focus for the Bank of Canada and, and global investors have, have long wondered if, if something dangerous is, has happened in housing. As the Bank of Canada gets closer to cutting interest rates, even now that they're starting to send these you know oblique signals that they may cut interest rates, are there new dangers that could emerge in, in the housing market? Could that fire be, be rekindled in a way that's, that's not so healthy? Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why the bank will proceed cautiously. You know, they, they're not going to cut rates um, back down to a neutral level. Our estimate of neutral is two and a quarter. Um, the bank is two to th three, so two and a half. We're a slight uh, quarter point below them. But I think they'll proceed cautiously. Their, their concern is rekindling an acceleration in, in shelter prices. And, um, and so that's one of the reasons. They have other reasons for proceeding cautiously, but housing is definitely one of them. You know, there, there have been times when... Uh, some economists were pretty sure Canada was going to have this a so-called hard landing or a, a very deep recession. I wonder if you could walk us through what you're seeing for the economy this year on, on the growth side, because certainly I think through last year, mm -hmm. we had several quarters where the economy performed better than expected. And then towards the end of last year, the numbers got a little bit wild, I guess you could say, you know, mm -hmm. revision, the numbers were revised, they showed positives and, and negatives. Is, is there a track you're seeing for the economy this year in terms of a hard landing, soft landing, or something else? Uh, well, we're in the hard landing camp, and we've been there for a while. We think that the economy is is um, very interest-sensitive. You think about our high household indebtedness and our over-reliance on housing, which is an interest-sensitive sector. And so we've been calling for that. Um, if you think about, let's go take a step back, think about GDP per capita. We've been in a, a downturn for almost two years now before even the surge in population. Uh, in terms of GDP, we had our first contraction in the fourth quarter of 2022. Then we had this surprise, and it was almost a one-month wonder in January of, of last year, where we got 150,000 jobs, and the unemployment rate stayed flat. And it was a lot of supply-side, positive supply-side events. We had this clearing of supply um, for autos that finally hit dealerships. And so people who put in their purchases well in advance, finally got to buy them. We had households dip into their savings, excess savings built up during the pandemic for the first time in the first quarter of last year. And we also had that surge in population, which most of them seemed to find work. So you add all together with these positive supply side events. Normally what we've been seeing is all these adverse ones, and that's what we're, we're still worried about moving forward. Now you're talking about what happened during last year, so we, you know, the revisions aside, just where the numbers landed, Q2 was up three tenths, Q3 was down three tenths in GDP. And um, I think that Q3 is the start of the outright recession. The fourth quarter, we're expecting to be a similar uh, decline in GDP. The, the Bank of Canada has at that flat. Now, keep in mind, the Bank of Canada in the third quarter had expected growth of two tenths and it fell three tenths. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with the flat in the fourth quarter, we're not as far apart. But I think there's more downside risk for their forecast. 
That's why we have it slightly negative. We have also the mounting mortgage renewals, which we think are cresting in terms of their impact. Then you hear most analysts talk about how, oh, it's going to take two years for the full impact. Well, we knew when they first started rising for anyone with a five-year mortgage, it was going to be five years. They didn't have to worry about it. But the sort of threshold, the critical mass of it is happening, we think, uh, now. And that's why we have a moderate recession in the first part of this year. And then a pickup around mid-year as interest rates start being cut by not just the central bank in Canada, but others. Uh, and for the year as a whole, our forecast is a, a contraction of about 0.6. Um, and so it's, it's much weaker than the bank's forecast. And in terms of peak to trough decline, even from the outset, we had never expected this recession to be as deep as even the average one Canada uh, has experienced aside the pandemic. You know, we're looking at just over 1% decline peak to trough. So quite modest indeed. You mentioned the, the population boom we're seeing. The government reports have been the percentage increases, the biggest since the 1950s, just after World War II. I wanted your thoughts on, compared to the rest of the G7, you know, or the, the Fed or the ECB looking at, at their economies, how does this population boom change the dynamics of the economy and, and how, you know, the Bank of Canada has to respond? Well, basically, the population boom will lift the economy, but only over time. Initially, what we're seeing is it does add to this labor supply. We talked about that a moment ago. And what we've seen during even the past year is uh, the unemployment rate rise from basically a floor of five to 5.8 in the most recent data. And that's, you know, we've had mostly modest uh, job gains, a couple of dips, but labor supply has grown much more quickly. And so we're seeing that slack in the labor market, which we think is going to just build, even without a recession in 2024, we're expecting the, that continued stronger growth in labor supply uh, to mean the unemployment will hit 7% by the end of this year. With our recession forecast, we're looking for half a point higher, peaking around seven and a half. So it adds to our labor supply, which adds to our potential output. But we think the increase, the full increase in actual economic activity will occur, occur only gradually as these newcomers fully settle in. So typically they don't earn what Canadians earn. They don't, they're not engaged in the labor force quite as much and it takes time for them fully to integrate. Now you've seen... Uh, some reports that we're actually getting more skilled workers come in. So that gap between Canadian uh, Canadians are here and those new newcomers is not taking as long to close. And then you think about um, what's happening with uh, inflationary pressure. So if you lessen the labor, uh, increase the labor supply sa uh, gap or slack, you lessen inflationary pressures, wage growth. And that's what we think is going to help lower inflationary pressures and lessen the need for the Bank of Canada to tighten. That being said, we know that the population uh, boom is adding strain to Canada's uh, housing housing market. Newcomers tend to initially rent, vast majority of them. <clears throat> so we think it's it's definitely straining the rental markets, and it, and our public infrastructure and other services, education, health, and and such. I I've been looking through your research, and I, I believe you ran an alternative scenario where the as the Bank of Canada said. There is a scenario where interest rates might have to rise, either because the economy does better or in inflation does better. You know, Macklin himself has said he's more comfortable with the idea that his rate hikes are working, that inflation has come back to target and he, he could be done. Can you talk about what that exercise meant for you, looking at the uh, perspective of, yes, maybe maybe interest rates would have to go higher in Canada? That's exactly right. So the biggest difference between our view and the Bank of Canada is uh, we expect that the interest rates have uh, led to a, a moderate recession, a contraction, hard landing, whereas the bank is still thinking it's going to be just a soft landing. 
Uh, and accordingly, they have their inflation hitting back down to target, reaching back down to target um, a year later than us in 2025, the end of 2025. So we used our, our, our economic model and, and ran out, well, what if it's a soft landing and we're wrong and, and it's not, not a hard landing? And so if the economy stalled instead of contracted as we expect, we would see a firmer um, inflation because the unemployment rate would rise by less, wage growth would be uh, that much stronger as well. And inflation would indeed not return back to target until late 2025. But in the near term, which is basically the next few months, our soft landing scenario suggests the bank would likely, very likely have to end its current pause and hike the policy rate another 50 points to five and a half. So that is a risk. Maybe it's a small one. But we think that if you look at it compared to our baseline view, that under a soft landing, we could see uh, more interest rate hikes before the, they start to uh, gradually uh, ease in the medium term. I have seen, you know, many people and there's a consensus that interest rates will decline this year and maybe, you know, multiple times or by a certain degree. But what I haven't seen is talk that interest rates would go back to neutral or even go into stimulative territory. We, we do recall a time of what was called low for long interest rates. Can you talk about the difference now where even in even in a mild recession, you could cut interest rates, but leave, not get them back to so called neutral, that it would be restrictive. What, what's going on there? The bank, I always like to say a nice technical term, they have an asymmetric loss function. They'll always be more concerned about higher inflation and they can find those pressures and they're worrisome where they could um, trigger uh, more widespread and pick up in prices. But I think the bank uh, um, is looking for convincing evidence, ample evidence that, that they should start cutting. And when they do, um, that be, because they're looking for uh, kind of a, an assurance that we're on a sustainable track back down to 2%. We think it'll be mid-year, but we also think that they'll proceed cautiously um, because they don't want to, they're still worried that um, inflation and inflation expectations could get stuck above their target. And let's face it, they don't want to reverse course later. And, and so if they start cutting, last thing they want to do with the credibility issues they've had over the past couple of years is to reverse course. Uh, and then going back to the housing, there are members of the governing council that have raised the concern that if they cut rates too soon or too fast, they'll rekindle housing inflation, shelter inflation, and then they have that intractable problem. So I think what we're expecting is they'll start cutting mid-year. We're looking for them to cut from five to four and a quarter by the end of the year, a lot less than the market, and then not get back to a neutral rate for a couple of years. So the neutral rate in our uh, forecast is two and a quarter, a little lower than the two and a half average the bank is looking for. Historically, the bank has taken at least a year to get back to sort of neutral rate and, and often two years. So we're not too out of line of that, even if we're in a higher for longer scenario. Right. Well, so some good news for people uh, eager for interest rate cuts this year. So that's good to know. Uh, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. This has been the MI Market News podcast. Uh, you can reach me with feedback at greg.quinn at marketnews.com. If you like the show, tell a friend. Hope to be with you again soon. And thank you, Tony, for being my guest. My pleasure.